welcome to our last KDM English of the Spring. I'm excited that you're here. <laughs> or the first KDM English of the summer, whichever way you want to look at it. So now a couple of months ago, I talked a little bit about God's purposes in our life. And that whenever we begin to align our, our lives with his purposes, then all of a sudden his plans begin to unlock them unlock in our lives and his resources begin to unlock and we be and when this alignment happens all of a sudden there's freedom for us to live the life the way God designed us now here's the problem and here's the thing that I have is why you know this is a question that you hear you know we're called children of God and I know Pastor Zibby you have kids I know there's a number of people that have kids in here how often do you hear this question from your kids why why? I just want to know. I used to ask that question all the time. Part because I was curious, part because whatever they were saying, I did not want to do. Why? What's the point of this? My, I can remember my teachers. I had to have driven them crazy because I would ask that question all the time. Why are we doing this assignment? And I started figuring out I could apply myself as little as possible and still get the grades that were acceptable for my family. I started Understanding that, and I can remember I had one teacher. She was this English teacher, so I have a master's all the way through, and that still may have been the hardest class I took my senior year, my last year of high school. So this lady, you know, in, in the U.S., during that time, you start reading all this Shakespeare, and you use English that no one uses English anymore, and you have to understand it and interpret what he's saying. And there's all these deep meanings that were supposed to be happening, and I just really think the guy was just... You know, he had nice language, and that was it. And so we're sitting there, and all of a sudden something clicks in my mind. I can make a 91, which in the U.S. is considered an A, which is your top mark, and I can work for this many hours, or I can spend five more hours and get a 98, which is also an A. So on my paper, it's going to be the same score. And revelation hit me. Why do I need to work harder to get the exact same results? Hey, I'm a big fan of let's work smarter, not harder. And so I started doing that, and my, my English teacher, she picked up on this. She said, Josiah, why are you not applying yourself more? And I, I said, Miss Garrett, what's the point? She said, but Josiah, you could do so much better. I'm like, I'm getting the same grade as that person that's killing themselves. So why would I want to do that? Can you tell me that? She had no answer. So I continue with my 90s and 91s. And the person next to me got the same grade and they worked so much, so much harder and applied themselves so much more. Now, but here's the thing. What was the point? Why, why was I so consumed? I was, I was seeing that her purposes for my life in her English class did not line up with what I wanted to do. And so oftentimes, I feel like we have this tension that happens as Christians. Is that we begin to ask this question for God. Why? Why should we do this? Why should we go all out for you? What is the point of this, God? Why? Why, why, why? Who's ever asked God why? Okay. I know you guys are honest people. I saw every hand in the room. That means that we're in a good place. So why? This is always a question that we seem to gather. But what begins to happen is that what we're actually asking is can we trust God 
Do we have the belief in God that he says what he says and that he's going to do what he says he's going to do? That's really what begins to happen whenever we begin to ask this, this why question. Because what we're, what we're really going after is we're saying, God, are you really good? Are you really good, God? What does that mean for us? Are you really good? Are you good enough that I should align myself with your purposes? Are you good enough that I need to dedicate and give my life for your kingdom? God, why is really what we're going after is, God, are you good? You know, and it kind of reminds me of this story. So it's the story of Moses. Now, I love Moses. He's one of my favorite characters in the Bible because he's, he like does things wrong almost the whole way, and God uses him over and over again. So I, it means that I, I think I have hope for my life. And so here's Moses. Now, just to give you a little bit of background, Moses, he was born in Egypt. He was raised in the house of Pharaoh, and then he ends up escaping to the desert. We won't talk about why, but he goes to the desert, and he spends 40 years there. He sees a bush that's on fire. He goes up to the bush. The bush starts talking to him, tells him to go back to Egypt to free his people, God's people, the Israelites. And then he begins to see plague. He begins to see God do all of these different miracles that occur over and over again. So then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, says, hey, I'm going to get rid of you guys because you're, you're nothing but trouble now. And so they go. Pharaoh changes his mind because he says, I like, I like the slaves. And so they go. He goes and pursues after the Israelites. The Israelites, they are stuck in the Red Sea. God splits the waters of the Red Sea. And then, t God, and then Moses takes them into what's now the desert. And so here they are. They're at the mountain of Sinai, which is God's holy mountain. And this is where we pick up in Exodus 33. So let's just recap. Moses has seen God do incredible things already. Moses has already seen God show up in a burning bush. Now, how many of you know if you have a bush on fire that talks to you, you would that would be a memorable moment. Has anyone had a bush on fire that talks to you? No one? Okay. So he's seen that. He's seen God split the Red Sea. He's seen God do all of these different things. And here he is now in this conversation with God. And it's verse 18. And so Moses said, God, please show me your glory. And he said, I will make, this is God talking, and I will make my goodness pass before you, and I will show you my name. And I will be gracious to who I want to be gracious to, and I will show mercy who I will show mercy. But, this is God again, he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see it and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock, and while my glory passes by, I will put you in the crevice of a rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Now, this is a crazy, weird story to me. Does anyone else find this odd? Moses is like, hey, I want to see you. I want to see you, God. I want to experience you in a way like I've never experienced you before. And what is God's immediate response? He said, Moses, I will let my what pass before you. I will let my goodness pass before you. Do you see that? And so what is God showing you? He's showing you that, hey, his presence always equals good. His presence always means that it's good. Whenever he shows up, good things happen. And so whenever God, Moses said, hey, I want to see you, God, he said, what you're going to see is good. 
Now, here's what's interesting and what's fascinating to me. God is so good that the human body cannot stand, literally cannot stand seeing him in his fullness. That's what it says right here. It says, you can't even see my face. What was he saying? What was, what was God trying to explain? He said, if you see all of me, if you see all of my goodness, there is actually no way, Moses, you can handle that. Isn't that amazing to begin to think about? That God is so good, we can't handle how good he is? That's almost offensive. Like, think about that. kind of makes you upset a little bit. Like, God, no, I can handle it, God. It's like, no, you can't. You don't even know. You don't even know. But let's look at the beginning. I love Genesis 1. I've been, I've been in Genesis 1 for a while. The first time we see God show up. This is the first recorded history. So it's the first time God wants to put what he does on paper. What does he do? It says, in the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth. Then you begin to look and it says, God creates the earth. And he sees what? It was good. Then he begins to create the seas and the creatures in the seas. And what does he say? And he saw that it was good. And then he begins to create all the animals and the birds of the air and all these different things. And what does he see? He saw that it was. I'm trying to help you out. Help me out. He saw that it was. And then he creates man. As he created man and woman. And he saw that everything he had done. All of it. Everything that God had done. He saw that it was. This is the first chapter in the Bible. So what can we what can we understand about God based on the first chapter in the Bible? The number one thing it says, you know what it says? That God, what he creates is good. So that means the creator must be good. So God, at the very beginning, is trying to say, guys, I'm good. I'm worthy of being trusted. Have you thought about that before? It's the very first passage of the Bible. Did you know that 177 times in the Bible does it talk about God blessing or God being a blessing to us? Did you know that 177 times, 260 times, this is over 450 times God talks about God being a blessing and it talks about God being good. What is the Bible screaming at us? Saying God is good. God is a good God. Now, why is this so important in our lives? Why is that? It's like, yeah, Josiah, he's good. He's good. Yeah, we got that. The Bible says that you've been saying that word a lot. What does that mean? You know, whenever we begin to actually think about it, somewhere along the way of the Christian life, things begin to change in what, how we view God. And there's these ideas that begin to float around that actually show that God is both the source of good, but then he also seems to be the source of bad. I've heard people say these words, that when God gave me sickness, when God gave me this disease, here's what I don't see in Genesis 1. Genesis 1, 7, 75 says, and then God created diseases on the earth just so that mankind would be terrified of the creation that God had given him charge over. Genesis 176, then it says, and then God created heartache and brokenness. Genesis 177 says, and then God creates jealousy 
so that people would always fight with each other and always want what the other has. Is that what the Bible says? But somewhere along the way, we assume that the trials and the struggles of life that happen, that somehow it's because of God, and he's all of a sudden the source of both good and the source of bad. I want everyone to say this with me. God is good. The devil is bad. God is good. The devil is bad. God is good. The devil is bad. Yet somewhere we got this. Has anyone heard this? Has anyone thought this before? Oh, God, you must have given my mom cancer. Or how come natural disasters are, always, are called acts of God? Have you thought about that? That God's destroying his creation. Have you thought about this? We blame God for destroying his creation. So all of a sudden we have this conflict that's going on. And what actually begins to happen is it creates a conflict of who we think God is. It creates a conflict of our purposes. And it creates a conflict in our own identity as followers of him. Because we're not sure if God is good all the time or if he's also the source of bad in our life. And when you begin to actually think about it, the result of this is that there's a watered-down version of the good news of Jesus and what it means to be walking in a Christian life. And all of a sudden, it's like, it's like you take, I've seen this happen a number of times, it's like you take some nice 100% juice that tastes wonderful, and then you pour water into it. And so the juice begins to taste less like juice and more like water. And somewhere along the way, we've assumed that, oh, Jesus just saved us. So that one day we can go to heaven. So that one day, so if we just live an okay life, because remember God's showing us a source of, he's also good and then he, he's also bringing bad. That, we, that means all we have to do is be okay, just like he is. And if you really begin to think about it, it actually completely changes the pic picture of who Jesus is and why he came. What happens Whenever Jesus shows up, whenever Jesus is born, you know, you can read, you can read the story. It's in Matthew and Luke. You can read the story of Jesus being born. And the first people to hear about it from the angels are the shepherds. And what do they say? What do the, what are the angels saying? They say, glory to God in the highest peace on earth and what? And good will towards men. What is God saying in that moment? He's saying, hey, Guess what? God's back in control. And remember in Genesis 1, whenever he's in control, we saw that everything was good, that there was perfect harmony, that man was in his right place, and God was in his right place, and everything was in order, and God saw that it was good. What happened when Jesus showed up? He said, the angels were saying, hey, guess what? It's coming back. God's coming back to earth. There's going to be peace again, and the will of God towards man is good. That was the message that God was bringing whenever Jesus shows up. Think about it in Matthew 3. At the end of Matthew 3, whenever Jesus is baptized, and it says, it says that the heavens were ripped open. That's the closest literal translation, that the heavens were ripped open. And a voice from heaven down to earth said, this is my son 
who I'm well pleased with. This is my son who is good. Think about that. But if we begin to believe this watered-down idea of God being good versus him also being this source of bad, then we're missing the power of what Jesus did. And the foundation of what we have now is also actually kind of shaky. Do you see that? But whenever we begin to walk in the promises that God is good all the time, that God is, has good purposes for our life, that God's purposes are perfect, because the only result of him is good, then all of a sudden things begin to change because we see the power of Jesus. And we see the power of what he has done. And all of a sudden, our identity is restored in understanding who we are and what we're called to be. Do you see that? Because here's the thing. I haven't yet experienced the fullness of God. Have you? And this is the challenge that we have is there begins to become a conflict in what the, what's happening in our lives with what the promises of what God has said. But I want to briefly just talk for just a moment about ways that God shows up and ways that God is good in our lives. So the first thing is God creates opportunity for us to thrive. He creates opportunity for us to be successful. If you look about back to Genesis 1, when, when does God start seeing things are good? It's when he creates the earth. It's whenever he creates the seas. It's whenever he begins to create the water and the animals and the fruit and the vegetables. And then he creates the seasons. He creates an environment that's perfect for what? For man to show up. God created a perfect environment for mankind to come. And that's the same that happens in our lives. That God is creating a place for us to be successful. Whenever we, whenever we begin to follow him, he's creating this purpose. And in that, we begin to see our lives blossom. So the next thing is, God protects us. You know, whenever Moses wanted to see all of God, God said, Actually, I'm going to have to put you and protect you in the side of a rock so you can't see all of my goodness. You know what I believe? I believe many times there are prayers in my life that haven't come to pass, that haven't come to completion yet, because God's protecting me. Because if I got that prayer answered now, there's no way I could handle it. But maybe God is putting us into a place. He's preparing us for his goodness that's to come. Now, what begins to happen whenever we begin to see God in this way is that all of a sudden, whenever our prayers are going unanswered, instead of us stopping praying, we begin to press in further because we know whatever is coming is so good that we're not ready for it yet. Do you see the difference? Whenever we begin to pray over here, when we have this mixed idea of God may be good and may be bad sometimes, then whenever we don't see our prayers answered, then all of a sudden we're like, oh, it's just God not being good again. But whenever we're over here and we begin to see that, hey, God hasn't answered this prayer, then that must mean that we need to press in further. We need to go deeper. We need to ask him for more and more and more because 
whenever he shows up, it's going to be so much better than we're ready, than we're even prepared for in our lives. I've seen this happen in my life over and over and over again. Whenever I prayed a prayer and I got so frustrated because I didn't get answered, I'd, I'd ask this question, God, where are you? And then three months later, he's like, I'm right here. And remember, you couldn't have handled that earlier. I'm like, yeah, thanks. You're good. It changes everything. Another thing that I love about God and his goodness is that it's infinite. It's beyond our comprehension, which means you're never going to have a full tank of him being good. You're never going to be completely full. There's always more. And if we're truly honest, in each one of our lives, in each one of our hearts, there's this desire for something more. There's this desire for something and we can't, always, we can't always answer it, but really it's our hearts echoing that we need God. And he's the only one that's infinite. He's the only one that's, his fullness is the only one that will answer. So we can always ask him for more. You know, there's a, there's a question, I've traveled a lot of places around the world, and I've had this question come up a lot. Whenever, especially when you're talking about the goodness of God. And I'm sure you've thought this before, and I'm sure you've even been asked this before. If God is good, why do bad things happen in this world? Who's ever thought that? Who's ever asked that question? Who's ever heard that question asked to them? If God is good, see, that goes hand in hand with two things. You see, uh, maybe the greatest act of God's goodness is he gave mankind a choice. Instead of creating robots that served him, he created people that had options. And if you go back and you read Genesis 1, God creates all of the creation and it's good. And then what does he say to Adam? What does he say to mankind? He says, now you're in charge of my creation. You're in charge. And what happens? We know the story. Adam and Eve, they fall. They bring sin into this world. Did you realize that before sin, there was no death? Not like spiritual death, I'm talking physical death. There was not death. Everything was eternal. Why? Because God's eternal and God's good, and he created all of this for him. But when he gave mankind the key, and we said, and we messed it up, we allowed death to enter. And as a result of sin, as a result of God and his goodness letting mankind have a choice, Death, destruction, pain, mosquitoes, they enter the world. I'm convinced that God did not create mosquitoes. So can I get an amen from someone? I mean, their whole purpose is to suck your blood. There's no way that God created. That was not good. That's not in Genesis 1. But what happened? God gave us choice in his goodness knowing full well that we would probably mess it up. 
but he was willing to do that because of his goodness. And it's because of it's because of our decisions. That's why there's bad things that happen in this world. You see, whenever Ammonin sinned, it didn't just affect mankind. It affected all of the creation because they were in charge of creation. So you want to know why the world's dying slowly? It's because we sinned a long time ago. So the world's slowly been dying for a long time. Why? Because sin entered the world. And with it came death. But God, that's what's so amazing to me, is God willingly chose to give us a choice. He willingly chose for that. That's, that's a God that's good beyond my understanding. Where he said, even though, even though I understand that they're going to hurt me, I still want to give them a choice so that those that love me, it's so precious and so pure and so honest. I didn't create robots. I created people with choices and decisions. That's a sign of a good God. You know, if we read in Genesis 1, it's something very interesting that happens. Do you know the first time that God says it's not good? It actually shows up, I think, in chapter 2. The first time God says something's not good. says it's not good that man should be alone. That's interesting to me because if you think about it, they had a perfect relationship with God. Their relationship was without sin. It was, it was direct. It said that God would go and come down to earth and walk with them every day. So even though the relationship with perfect was perfect, God said, hey, man's built to be in community man's built for a community and that's actually that's our heart here as a church that's our heart that's why we're starting this english service because we believe that there needs to be a community of people that walk together in serving and loving a good god that's our heart that's our desire that's our passion is that we could bring god's goodness to earth now and we can do it together and not alone and in isolation the first time God said it was bad was whenever people were alone. So that must mean that we're called to live this thing together. So if I can have the band start making their way up. Now, as I've been praying the past couple of weeks about what we would share, I just kept coming back to God's goodness. Because it's overwhelming. Whenever you really begin to think about it, and it's so foundational to who we are as believers. It's so foundational to who we are in understanding who Jesus is and what he did in our lives. God is good. The devil is bad. God is good. The devil is bad. Whenever we begin to get that truth, it's like, guys, that's six words. When, that's, when those six words begin to penetrate our hearts, all of a sudden something changes. Because then everything we see, whenever we begin to look through our life and look through the purposes of what God has, it's through the purpose, it's through the lens of a good God and not a questionable God that may be good and may be the source of bad as well. But whenever we begin to see 
whenever we begin to look at our life and whenever we pray and we ask for God's promises to happen and they're not happening yet, we know that means that there's something even better yet to come. And it's not out of fear, it's not out of anger, and it's not out of uh, an unholy frustration, but we can actually go and press further into him and go deeper with him because we trust and we know that he is good. God is good. Simple as that. Simple words that change the way everything we look at, scripture, every interaction we have in life, every prayer we pray, when that revelation comes. You know, that's something I actually pray consistently is, God, I want to know you and I want to trust you as the good God and not the questionable God. So let's pray. God, we thank you for today. We love you and we praise you and we thank you that you are good. God, we thank you that you create opportunity for us to succeed. God, we thank you that you're infinite. God, we thank you that you protect us. God, we thank you that you gave us choice. All of us woke up this morning, we got to choose what we put on, we got to choose when to come to church, we get to choose what we eat. God, you gave us a choice in how we live our life so that when we say yes to you, there's some power. When we say yes to you, heaven shifts around our lives. So God, we commit today that we're gonna believe the simple phrase that God is good. And whenever we put on our spiritual glass, when we put on our glasses to look at our life, we're gonna look through the lens that God is good. And we declare, just as Pastor Zippy was saying, we prophesy of the goodness that you have for this city. We prophesy for the goodness you have for the people that are coming from other nations. We prophesy of the goodness that will be shown here in Frontwood. Do you know if you read Revelations 22, last chapter in the Bible, it talks about out of the presence of God flows a river that brings healing to the nations. It's in that same chapter, Jesus said, I'm the alpha, I'm the beginning, and I'm the end. Genesis 1, what can we learn? God is good. Revelation 22, at the end, what can we learn? God restores all things to good. And over 450 times in the middle, we see that God is to serve a good God. There's no other people, there's no other religion, there's no other set of beliefs that can say that. But they serve a good God like we do. In Jesus' name.